People, welcome to the Shubbison Podcast. We're here to Chris J. All the sports and loves me back, people. On my podcast, we discuss the hottest topics in both the NFL and NBA, people. Please subscribe now and tune in. People, what's up? I got my returning guest, my right hand man. I got my brother from a different mother. I got my man, Mr. Ty Tracy. My man, how you doing today on this Tuesday? What's good, bro? Just been a long day, but I'm just happy that I made out alive. So that's all that matters, man. We here, we alive, we breathing, we are, we are, we are united. We feeling great, man. We got so much to get into today. It's been a lot been going on this past weekend. I don't know about you, but I watched some March Madness and the girls, the boys, but I ain't going to lie. This year was the first time I've watched the girls March Madness in a long time. Oh, yeah. And I was highly impressed. I was very impressed from just the players, the teams, and what happened. I think this was the most viewed Final Four for the girls in a long time from yeah. just some so many big players from Iowa, from South Carolina, the LSU and the list goes on. So just um and watching the championship game on Sunday, you know, LSU won the champions 102 to 85, first championship in school history. And but that's not the talk uh, fo- fo- talking about. We're talking about what happened between the two players between Miss Caitlin from Iowa mm-hmm. and Miss Reese from LSU. You know, when the game was pretty much about over, you know, you know, when some weeks prior of Iowa, Caitlin, she kind of did the Johnson, you can't see me to a girl and kept walking. But when the game was over, pretty much, um, Reed, she kind of walked towards her, just doing it. You can't see me doing the little championship ring thing. And Twitter just put a big, just went crazy. Just calling her out her name, calling her an idiot. She's classless. She's this, she that, and the third. And just, it seemed like the world, society, trying to make it very racial between black and white. That's really what it boils down to. Caitlin, she's white. Rishi's black. So tell me your thoughts about just the situation between this between Reese and Caitlin, why the soul people just seem to just making this such a, a, a huge deal about pretty much nothing, in my opinion. I think, uh, for one, people should know better. Like, it's basketball. I mean, a lot of, you will see a lot of players showboating. I mean, for example, I'm not trying to say no racist thing. Like, for example, the Miami Hurricanes, the U, whenever you saw the ESPN 30 for 30, you saw them showboating a lot. Uh, Jawan Howard, the Fat Five, showboat. It's Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. Yeah, Angel mm-hmm. Reese and Caitlin Clark. You like, for example, the U. I know the thirty for thirty. You see them showboat a lot, and you know us players. I mean, Chris Weber and the um, Fat Five. Who you see? You see them showboat a lot, celebrating. I mean, it, the list goes on. I mean, what is it like affecting everybody? She showboating because Clayton. Clay, Clayton Clark was running her mouth and showboating, and guess what happened? You took the L, and you, you got what you got back at you. You got the you can't see me, John Cena, and she had the right to say she got and she deserved the ring because they beat him. They shut him down. They shut him out. So like, I don't see how people are getting mad at like somebody like a black player showboating. Like, it's like, is it illegal for us to have fun out there? Because I mean, I played football. I ain't showboat like that, but it was a couple times I did to let people know, like, hey, I'm trying to have fun out here. Like, it's like we can't have fun to do something. It's like, it's like a huge penalize of, oh, they're not allowed to have fun. Like, like come on now. Like, I'd be happy because, you know, everybody in the cross country, like, uh, she did it. She basically did it for the culture. And that's something to be proud of. And she admits, like, hey, 
I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, I'm having fun out there. It's like, we, she represent. Like, come on now. Like, she basically represent us how she wanted. And you see a lot of people, us, excited by it. And some, some other people, other racial colors excited by it, too, how she she said talk about it was not classic. But it was basically, like, for us, like, hey, you want to talk stuff, you get what you got at you. And this is what happened. She got the results back at her. Now it's like, oh, that's not fair. Like, nah, it's fair. It was all fun and fair when she was doing it to people. Now it's not fair that they got it. She getting it back to her. It don't work like that. Come on now. We like to know the wrong. We like to showboat. We really do. To let people know. We like to make noise and we know how to back it up. I'm going to add this. I feel like these days in the generation, like the referees and so many people, the media are trying to take the emotion out of sports. You know, you're so much emotion, you win the championship, showboat part of the game, talking smack part of the game. That makes the game fun, in my opinion. Like, talking smack, showboating, like, we just won, y'all just lost, we the champs. Like, like, what's up? Like, that should fuel a player to come back better and, and, and work on their game, the team get better, and next year get some revenge and get back. But it seems like, it's like, and then it's like, they're trying to make that, and then too, like, they're trying to make Everything about black versus white. Of course, Caitlin Clark, she's a she's a phenomenal player. She probably was the best player in college basketball all season. She had a great year. She had a great tournament, most points, assists. She had the, the three. She had the whole nine yards. She's like a white version of Steph Curry. Like she really like that. She can play. She got game. She got game. And and, and I'ma say this. She talks smack a lot because I've watched numerous games where she talking smack, she running her mouth, talking smack, and backing it up. But when she does it, it's cool. But I feel like when a person that looks like Angel Reese, who's black, who obviously, you know, who looks different, a lot of swag around her game, her hair, her nails, and the whole nine yards, but when she does it, it's something wrong with it. Of course, she may have followed her around to a degree, but they just won a championship. And it's like, I'm pretty sure in that court, Caitlin Clark was probably talking smack probably prior to the game or during the game. And then versus South Carolina, Caitlin Clark, she like, um, forgot one of the player's name, a player of South Carolina. She was wide open. She was like 12 feet. Caitlin Clark just threw a hand. I ain't guarding you. Like, because you can't shoot. Like, you ain't worth guarding. She just did this. I ain't studying that. And it's like, when she do it, it's swag. To me, it's no big deal. It's part of the game. And me personally, I feel like Caitlin Clark, she didn't really care because she know she was talking smack too. Mm -hmm. So, why are we talking about this conversation? We should be talking about LSU and how they won their first title in school history. That's big. But we're talking about this right now. It seems like when... When certain teams win something, and definitely black people or players, we always talk about something else to try to take away their moment. This is their moment. We as fans should give them their due. They are champions. They were the best team in college basketball this year as far as the women. So give them their props. They were the best team on the tournament. In Iowa, they had a great season. Got to the championship, fell short. It's part of the game. It's life. It's one winner. I'm going to add this too. Today I seen something between um uh, the first lady Biden. She was at the game this past weekend. Okay, so when Iowa lost obviously to LSU, she tweeted she felt like the losing team should also come to the White House. And Angel Reese had tweeted like this is a joke and had laughing emojis. So basically, when in the history of sports has the losing team ever been invited to the White House. This is for the team that wins, not loses. Why are we rewarding a team that lost? So President Biden is like, she has some sympathy for Iowa and pretty much for some reason why she feels they should be invited to the White House knowing they just lost the championship. Skip and Shannon talked about it on the show today as far as on the show today on Fox Sports talking about this. And it's like, why would we get celebrate a, a team that lost? The team that won go to the White House and they get celebrated by the president, not the team that lost. So tell me your thoughts about that. 
I don't know if you heard about that, but that's very true news. I, I heard about it. And I was like, I was like, I ain't gonna lie. I was like, when like, come on now, you really gonna send you you did you feel really bad because Caden Clark got clowned on from her from um Angelia in front of everybody. They said, well, they deserve to get um to come to the White House. I'm like, stop playing. Like, no, they're not coming. They lost, they they gotta wait till next year. If they win next year, they come to White House right now. They came up short. They ain't going to White House. Like, stop playing with me. Like, I'm not like if I was an Iowa player, I probably like that. I feel like I'm like okay, why she want to send us? Why she want to buy us to the White House? I mean, I would love to see the White House. Don't get me wrong, but like, we didn't win nothing. We just there for a detour. And you trying to like be like I'll probably I'll probably take his disrespect. Like, oh, she's trying to be funny. Like, oh, we will see them celebrate with the president. That's the first thing I would think of as a player. Like, I hope she trying to be funny because like. I'll probably write a letter like, I hope you can try to be funny because I'm not going up there with LSU. They won a national championship. We didn't. And I feel like we just right there as an audience celebrating them. They beat us for a championship. And I'm like, now we go watch y'all celebrate with the president. Like, no, stop that. Don't do stuff like that. Like, if the player, I'll be mad. I'm dangerous. I'll be so hot. Like, I'll probably roll a letter to her and stuff. I'd have been hot too. It's like, okay. And Ty, what about this? What if it was reverse? What if Iowa would have won and LSU lost? Do you think the first lady would have said it then? No, she wouldn't. No. She wouldn't have said it. She wouldn't even no. said that. And it's like, I didn't notice this until Skip Peter said this today, or I think over days ago. He was like, I was watching the game, and I was thinking like, hold up. Iowa has all five girls starting, predominantly white team. And LSU has many a many black team. He was like the first time I've seen this is probably a long time. Man, you ever seen this movie called Glory Road? Yeah, uh, ten special minors. This was, one of my was, favorite was, movies of all time. Glory Road, Kentucky, because Pat Riley was on the team. About Kentucky, um, Adolph Ruff with the head coach, racist program back then. Pat mm-hmm. Riley played for him Kentucky back in the mid sixties. This one yeah. of my favorite movies of all time. And Skip was saying, I, I haven't seen this happening since probably then because usually it's always a mixture between starters, white, black, or something like that. But it's never a case between basically it's, it felt like white versus black to a degree. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, kind of, kind of didn't notice that until I really watched it. And I said, that is true because Iowa really just mainly white people because really, I think Iowa's mainly a predominantly white state, you know. But just watching that game and seeing how the reaction between the first lady, the people that work in the sports industry off Twitter going crazy, calling a 20-year-old college student a freaking idiot. But she didn't. he didn't say freaking. He said the F word. He said the F bomb. And it's like a, a college student versus a, a man in his 50s or 60s, an, an idiot. Like, really? Come on, man. That's a college student. That's a college kid. He's in college, 20 years old. Why are you talking about a kid like that? That's someone's child. Like, what are you doing? It's like people just forget all that. You know, I feel like that was kind of out of the pocket with some people. And LSU, they won. They were the best team. Iowa, they were the second best team. But like this movie, I've seen plenty of times. One of my favorite. Good movies I watch seeing sometimes. It's called The Jackson 5 and American Dream. Pretty much shows you how the Jackson 5 got started and how they got big and practicing inside their house and doing shows. Joe Jackson, who's Michael Jackson's father, said this. They lost an event, like music event, lost came in second place. And one of the sons said, well, second place is not so bad. At least we didn't lose. Joe Jackson said, we did lose. It's one winner first. It's, it's only one winner. In sports, it's one winner. It's one first. First is winning. Second is losing. So basically what I'm saying, Ty, is this. We are not finna reward losing. Second is a loss. You're a loser. You lost. First, you win. It's one winner in sports. It's one winner in life. First place. You're first. You're first. If you're not first, you didn't win. Period. Because... When you think about the music, the Grammys, the these big music, 
A nominee, you got nominated, but guess what? You lost. Why? Because you didn't win the Grammy. It's one winner. It's not two. You know, but just go back to sports, change the topic up. Last night, UConn beat San Diego State for the championship, 76-59. UConn wins their fifth championship in school history. As far as just between the girls and boys combined, they have 16 championships, 16, because the girls have 11 overall. The guys have five. And my question to ask you, Ty, is UConn the greatest college program in sports history as far as college? Are they, are they the best college program, period? Because when you talk about the girls and boys, they have 16 championships. That's a lot. A lot I'll of celebration, a lot of jewelry. Like, I'll say this. For the program in college, they're the best program as far as basketball. I'll say this. I think my my perspective, I think UConn is like the San Antonio Spurs in, in college basketball. Five championships. A team that never gets re- – a, a team never gets talked about. And you got to think about it. The Big East basketball is a is a huge basketball program. And you know that yourself. Villanova, UConn, used to be Syracuse, used to be Georgetown, even though they changed their stuff. But still, no matter what, you think about the Big East, you still think about UConn, Villanova, Georgetown, Syracuse, because those powerhouse basketball programs that don't get talked about a lot. And I thought, I always thought that UConn always been a powerhouse program, no matter what. At the tournament, I told people, I think I told you, I was like, I feel like UConn can pull this off. Because UConn, they always have experienced players, but they got some, they always had dogs in them. And that's the team that I was hungry. And uh, that big man they got, I can't remember, I think Sent. That's like, I can't remember his name. I thought that dude, he was legit. He was just playing old school basketball down there in the post, was in San Diego State alive the whole night and making it easy for him with a double double, 17 points and 10 boards. And I always thought, like, no matter what, UConn is still a powerhouse program, girls and boys. And I think that's probably one of the best. Basketball, basketball programs don't get talked about a lot, and they should definitely talk about a lot, especially uh, Big East, the Big East uh, basketball conference. I think we talk about just with the, the talent of UConn, with all the history between the girls and boys. You have Maya Moore. You have um, – um, she. I can't – I just thought of her name, but it slipped my mind. She's a legend at UConn. She played in 0304. She just retired, um, retired yeah. with the uh, uh, Arizona. She I is. Think, a, I, I know you talk about. I just can't remember her name. I just forgot her name. It, it slipped my mind. But what, what I'm basically saying is this: just with the talent alone with UConn from all the sports, um, Kimball Walker. I remember one year when I was a kid. UConn girls and boys both won the same year. I think I, I don't I, remember I, that. That was like 2003, 2004. They both won the same year, and like and like just from UConn from a basketball standpoint, I think they're the standard because they're they're top tier in basketball every year. They have the jewelry to basket up, back it up. Been in so many Final Fours, they have it all. And it's like they're just a basketball college powerhouse. Like if if I had a son or a daughter who played basketball and, and they were good to play at the B1 level, UConn should be on one of their top lists because mm-hmm. they are a great program. They play in big games. They're final for the relevant team. I mean, I'm, I mean, besides Connecticut, of course, it's cold weather, but still, just from a basketball standpoint, they are the standard. They've won. They backed it up, and I just think UConn is the top of the food chain. We're talking about college basketball, college basketball. Football is Alabama, and now Georgia's coming. But basketball is UConn. Of course, you got schools like Kentucky, North Carolina. You got Kansas in the mix. You got certain teams that's big. You know, Duke, yes, far as the history with all what they've done. But, you know, just from – I think the past 20 to 25 years, I think it's UConn because they what they've done, they've been top-tier talent. Even without top-tier talent, they still find ways to win. So I think just watching them and kind of watching that game last night, I kind of sensed that the game probably be a blowout because me personally, San Diego State was kind of like a team, like a team that was Cinderella, 
Like nobody thought they would get that far. They surprised me, surprised a lot of people. But hey, great season. It fell short, fell short to a better team. But with UConn, you got to tip your hat to them. They got the job done. They're very well coached. And you know, hey, you got to just respect greatness. And I respect greatness. And I'll probably say this too. They're definitely probably going to be maybe be in a conversation again next season. They'll probably be back sometime. Not saying they'll win it, but they got a good shot of going back to the Final Four. You never know. I think usually UConn always return a lot of players too. It's just like probably they always lose like what two, three, but they always know how to replace their players, replace the players no matter what. But I just say this: Big East basketball should be talked about more in college basketball. Instead, like certain schools like Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, uh, UCLA, all that. I think like they need to like look at the Big East more and start putting respect on the Big East basketball. Big East conference respect. They need to put some more respect on the Big East conference some more. Instead, of just like look them overlook because they changed a lot during the years. They're not used to be, but it's still no matter what. The Big East still got the best basketball schools, Villanova and UConn, no matter what. I mean, Georgetown will come around soon, though. Hopefully. I agree, man. I agree. Um, but, hey, they're done, done what they did. And far as powerhouses, I don't even put Kentucky in there. Now, they produce a lot of one-and-done players that have done great mm-hmm. in the pro level, far as John Wall, Anthony Cousins, Davis, Cousins, you Devin have uh, Devin Booker, you have Cousins, you have – they have, I mean, the list goes on. They have so many players. They have a lot of players just one and done and did that. And um, so, hey, they're bigger than that. But far as they only have one championship, that was Anthony Davis, 2011-2012 season. Mm-hmm. I was a freshman in high school. I was, I was a freshman in high school, too. Freshman in high school. So, really, besides that, they had not won for AD, you know, his rookie year. But, hey, but just with college, I mean, the standard should be UConn. What they've done and boys and girls is is just phenomenal. Now we got to switch it to the NBA, man. You know uh, it's getting really crazy out here because each game you got like three, two or two, two or three teams tying a lost column from the seeds mm-hmm. five, six, and seven, and eight. So many things that happen right now in the Western Conference. You got Golden State, the, uh, my Lakers. We're, up, we're the seventh seed, the eight seed. You got the Pelicans. Man, you got so many teams, man, right now. And what's going to transpire in this Western Conference, man, like right now it's pretty much a fight to the end because it's like three or four games remaining in the regular season. So what's going to happen right now, we don't know. But I'm saying this right now. I think with how the Western Conference is, I think the standings right now from the top of my head, I think is um, is Denver, Number one seed, two is the Grizzlies, three yep. is the Kings, yep. four is the Sun, yep. five is the Clippers, six is the Warriors, yep. seven is the Lakers, eight is the Pelicans. And in the play-in tournament, you got teams like the um, you got a team like yeah, the Minnesota Bulls. You yep. have the Thunder. I think they're the tenth seed, eleventh seed. I think you have Dallas, but I don't think Dallas gonna make the playoffs. So Dallas pretty much out. So basically. One through ten, I ain't still not side to play in. Cause you outside to play in, you're really relevant mainly right now. But pretty much the first ten seeds to play in, mainly is relevant right now. But the teams there's already a lock, I would say, is one through five. Because well, one through four, one through five, because I think Phoenix and Clippers, they'll stay. But just with going to the playoff for the Western Conference, I feel like the matchups is pretty much gonna be the key. Because right now, it's no team that's just better than better than teams right now in the Western Conference. Because really, all the teams are about the same. There's no team that just stands stand above the pack, if that makes sense. So just with the first round, maybe, going to the playoffs, which first round matchup would you like to see? Because I got some matchups that I would love to see in the first round. As far as my Lakers... I hope we get this certain matchup, two matchups that we should get. But hopefully right now the West is crazy. But tell me your matchups and how you think it's going to play out when the playoffs really start. I'll say, gosh, that's, that's a good question for real. I'm going to start off with this one real quick. 
with the 10th the spot with OKC. OKC plays, I think they play, they play the Warriors tonight. They play the um, Jazz and the Grizzlies. And Dallas is really outside, but I heard they talk about shutting down Kyrie and Luka. That's stupid because they really right there. The right there is stupid. That, I was like, why would you do that? You're you right there. But I don't, I don't know what they're doing. But anyway. But I want to say this real quick. Well, I mean, tonight are so many games, but you have the Cavaliers Magic playing right now. You have the, the, the Raptors and the Hornets. You have the Bucks and the Wizards. You have the Heat and the Pistons playing. You have the Timberwolves playing Brooklyn. You have Denver playing the Rockets. You have the Hawks playing the Bulls. You have the Trevors playing Memphis. You got Boston playing Philly tonight. That's the beat, a big game tonight. You got the Kings playing the Pelicans. You got my Lakers playing the Jazz. You got the Thunder playing Golden State at Golden State. And you got the Spurs playing the Suns. So those are games that's tonight playing. But uh, just with the games, you know, far as I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know this. I know – if Golden State loses tonight to the the Thunder and my Lakers beat the Jazz, we'll be the sixth seed. But if Golden State wins, we win. It's still the same pretty much seeds right now. So really, like, it's really a fight to the end right now because you don't know what's going to happen because the Pelicans, they could sneak in. They're the eighth seed right now, and they're a team that's dangerous too. Then once Zion comes back, or if Zion comes back, that could be big for them. So I mean, so right now it's just crazy with the standings right now. Definitely, and I think that sixth spot is so important for the Golden State Warriors because you heard Draymond talk about on his podcast. He said, "I'll love to play against Sacramento" because he was like, "Say like for example, he's like say like they drop, so they're gonna have to travel. Like they say they like Lakers get the six six the six spot, they get the seven spot." Like Draymond said, he said the playoffs is is be tiring because they're tiring their body because you know they're getting up to the age. But he said he'll love to keep the sixth spot at playing in Sacramento because less traveling. We have Sacramento's right there. You said what? They're like a forty-five minute flight. <laughs> yeah, but he was like less traveling. He's like if you play in Sacramento, it's not gonna take that long. We still right there in the West Coast, and you know we still right there in that borderline. But he was like. He would rather play Sacramento, but right now they have to win tonight and probably for the rest of the games because really you you right there with the Lakers, the Lakers who basically like want to they want that sixth spot because they could give LeBron and AD a lot of rest so they have to play in the playing tournament or anything. So that's what they try and look for. But as the Warriors, they basically like a lot under pressure as well, especially with Andrew Wiggins. I don't know when he's coming. By her, he's back. He's well, back in the Bay Area. He's they say he's supposed to play. He, he might not play tonight, but they say he's supposed to play Friday. But I feel like he, he's back in the Bay Area. He because he had family issues and the stuff I heard about is just some issues that's hard to swallow. What, what I heard, I'm pretty sure the same thing, but I don't want to say it's yeah, not that. Saying. But if it's true what I heard, that's a shame. But yeah. but yeah, he's back in the Bay Area. He is here. He's back. And um, and they need Wiggins, man, because Wiggins yeah. kind of their best defender. He's a two way player, and he's a guy that can average, he averages seventeen points a game mm-hmm. from, from three point range, shooting about forty percent. The guy can guard guys like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, like yeah. certain players that they need. He can guard because he's their best defender, and he was a key role in last year's title run. He mm-hmm. was their second best player behind Steph Curry. Like, mm-hmm. Wiggins was big for them last year because how he guarded Tatum, he made it life tough for Tatum. And he mm-hmm. can put a handful with Tatum and guarding guy like Jalen Brown or guarding like Devin Booker or Kate. Like he he adds you another dimension defensively and offensively. And yeah. then when High Golden State's played on the road this year, they've been god-awful. He can help definitely a lot for defense and offense. So I think Golden State needs Wiggins. Without Wiggins, they would not win the West. He's that important to what they do, their, their defense, their strength in numbers. And they just brought back Garrett Payton second. And then my Lakers, how we look in the All-Star break, I feel so confident right now. My Lakers, man, we looking good. And, this, and the matchup I would love for us to get is two matchups. Either, either six seed, play the Kings, 
or we get the seven seed and play the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think I love that matchup because why? Because who they got guarding LeBron James and Memphis? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Who guarding AD? Jared uh, Jackson. Jared Jackson ain't guard AD. No, it's barbecue chicken all day. No way. AD having his way with him. I, of course, the Memphis, they are a good team. They are John Morant, a lot of depth. Yes, yes. But I'm saying this right now. I believe if we get the six or seven seed, we are good because it's about matchups. And besides, because really, we are the only team, in my opinion, that has top 10 players when healthy. Because when LeBron James healthy, he's he top 10. In my mm-hmm. opinion, he's top 10. When AD's healthy and he's motivated and want to play basketball, he's top 10. And as of lately, he's been great. He's been dominating 40 points, double-doubles. He's been doing his job. He's a top 10 player when healthy, in my opinion. And, and I think with how the supporting cast is playing, with Austin Reeves, we're playing big for us. Jared Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell. We have when Mo Bama comes back, that's another size. He's athletic, mm-hmm. can run the floor, can dunk, can block shots, and do big things like that. And then we have a good supporting cast right now. We got shooters now. We got playmakers. We are a good team. We went younger and tired. I've been telling you this for a long time. We got to go younger. They finally listened to Chris Jordan. They finally listened to me. Go younger. Get some guys that can play both sides of the ball, that can shoot the ball, take pressure off LeBron James. LeBron James finally seen the light. Play with younger players. My God. Mama, he finally listened to Chris Jordan. Go younger. Stop with these old, one-dimensional players that passed their prime. Go with some younger guys. He finally listened. He, he told Palenka, Palenka, make it happen. And he's seen the light. Wala Magic, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, LeBron. You finally listen to the listen to me for once in your life. Um, happy we get went younger. Now we go younger. Now we can preserve LeBron James because he's older. And AD, he he's AD. Be AD. Be that guy. Yeah. That's how I feel like if the go, that's why I say Golden State has to win tonight. If they don't win and uh the Lakers they gotta win. They gotta they win. Go, LeBron get that six. Get that. He will keep that. Once he go up, he keeping that spot because like he's gonna get time off. And they'll say like if they anything happen, they get that six spot. They play against mm-hmm. Sacramento. Now that's taking a lot of like that's taking a lot of uh, a lot of stress off LeBron's body because he ain't got to travel back and forth or anything. He can stay right there in the East Coast. I mean the East Coast, the West Coast. All he's gonna have to do is drive down there really. And that's not a bad drive. And then you rather take that, and you don't have to worry about all the, the time zone shit or anything. It's that'll take a lot of like a lot of stuff on LeBron's body. Stuff. Golden State gotta you win know? out because really just win because Golden State need that six seed. And I ain't gonna lie, but I feel confident that if Golden State does get the seven seed, they'll get Memphis. I I I do think that'll be a tougher matchup for Golden State. Mm-hmm. But I do think that they go in that series. You know, but playing Memphis and everything, but um, it's about matchups because Golden State they play small, they don't play big, and then because say if Stephen Adams comes back, you know, he's a big rebounder for Memphis. He's big for them. Jaron Jackson, that'll be a tougher matchup for the Warriors. Not mm-hmm. saying they can't do it because they're the defending champions. They can do it, yes. But I think Golden State will rather want to play the Kings. Because the Kings have no experience in the playoffs. They're like, they just lack the beat up. And then the Kings, yeah. too, I'm going to say this. They're a good team. They ain't going to be an easy slouch. They can play. I, I, I've seen the Kings play. They got mm-hmm. some game. Yeah. But just experience. Bonus, you got, they got Harrison Barnes. You got Malik Monk. You got uh, De'Aaron Fox. And in my opinion, De'Aaron Fox just good at John Morant. He just didn't have the team. This mm-hmm. folks can see it, but he has to. He, in my opinion, De'Aaron Fox just get a job Morant. Look at the numbers; the numbers about identical. It don't lie. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox is a monster. And but I do think in a seven game series, the Kings 
The lack of experience will show at times. But you have Mike Brown, in my opinion, Mike Brown's coach of the year. He's been phenomenal because he's went Fair to enough. a team and turned them around because the Kings have not made the playoffs in 16 years. A 16-year drought. Yeah, now, they in the playoffs, that's big. Coach of the year by far should be nobody else. Mike yeah. Brown coach of the year easy, in my opinion. Yeah, it's been a long. I was like, it's been like over. It's been like, sixteen years, man. The last time like, they been relevant was when they had Mike Bibby, Chris Webber, Stojakovic, uh, yeah, Turkoglu. They had all these players, man, back in like two thousand and two. Lots of the Lakers when Robert Orr made that shot, that yep. buzzer beater, man. You know, back in 02, man. The last time they've been relevant, to be honest. Was, was it 02? Oh, it was it 01 or 02? It was 02. That was 02 because that series went seven games when my Lakers went on the road in Sacramento, won that game, and Kobe and Shaq were too much. They couldn't beat them. The, most the best duo ever is Kobe and Shaq by far. The most ever. All time. Yeah, yeah, I said it. You know, I had a Sha- I had every Shaq jersey in the book. Don't worry. I was a huge Shaq fan, so I was definitely a Lakers fan during that time. Don't worry. I was. For the Shaq. Yeah, but I think, like, it just, like, I think basketball in the West going to be crazy. I mean, even the East is really. But it's just obvious the East, we already know who's going to be. The Celtics, the Bucks, or the Celtics and the Bucks are the same signal. But I'm leaning, to the Bucks. I'm leaning more to the Bucks because I'm going to say this. Drew Holiday really stepped this game up. And I'm really, like, not shocked, but I'm like, so impressed that he actually stepped his game up. I think last year in the playoffs when, you know, when Chris Milton was down and, you know, like you said last year, Drew Holiday did not step up at all. Now this year, he's been playing great during the regular season. I feel like during – I feel like when playoffs start, you see a whole bigger step what he did from last year to this year now. Man, Drew Holiday is having probably his best year of his career in a long time. By far, I think his best year he's having. He's been phenomenal. And to be honest, he's with hot. I think he's having his best career year. Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez mm-hmm. might be the fifth player of the year this year. He's been phenomenal. And that's the reason why I don't have one of my MVP this year. Because I feel like he's getting great contributions from all this, I mean, supporting cast. He got great players, like a, a great team around him, great deal. Holiday's playing phenomenal. And then Chris Middleton, he's missed a lot of year with injuries. He's still playing back to something to shape. So, mm-hmm. so I think far as they're dealt with, they've got their experience, their side, they, they defend Grayson Allen. They got shooters. They added um they added a Jay Crowder. And I think the way they're playing, they're my team to win the East, in my opinion is the Bucks, And to be honest, depending how the West turns out, I think if the, if the Bucks come out the West, they will be favorite to win it all yes, in the yeah. finals. Not, 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 not always the case, but they should be favored by far because, in my opinion, the best player in basketball is Giannis. That's just me. From both sides of the court, how he impacts the game, defensively, offensively, carries the team, he dominates. Giannis brings it every night. But I will say this though. It's so long to defend too. They probably one of the best defended teams in that. I'm gonna say this, man. The Boston Celtics and the 76ers, um, they're mo they they will most likely play in the second round. And I think, man, because really with I mean, start with tonight. The 76ers gotta prove they can beat Boston because Boston has their number. Boston mm-hmm. is three and zero versus Philly this season, and then the past year in the playoffs, Boston's beat Philly in the playoffs. Boston's beat them in the regular season. Boston always has Philly's number, and it's like, when will Philly beat Boston in a game or a series? Mm-hmm. This, like, this gotta be the year, man. If Philly gets to the the Eastern Conference Finals, like, surprise me and beat Boston. Of course, I would still pick Boston to beat Philly in a seven-game series because I feel like Boston's a better team. But I will say this, though. How Joel Embiid's playing, he's my MVP. He's averaging 33 points and, I think, 12, 10 rebounds. Mm-hmm. He's having a monster year. Lead league scoring again for the back-to-back season, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, he is that dude. He's my MVP because watching them play this year without Joel Embiid, the 76ers would not be where they're at right now. 
He's no. keeping this team above water, afloat. He's been that great for Joel Embiid. He brings it every single night. And then with LeBron, with, with James Harden, my excuse me, with James Harden, with how he's playing, he's not the same player. He's still a good, he's still mm-hmm. elite. But he's not that James Harden. He's not that Brooklyn pre-hamstring James Harden. He's not that guy no more. He's a good player. James Harden didn't even make the All-Star team this year. It shows you he's losing as a player. Yeah, I was say, he I definitely mean, didn't make it this year. I, I was like, he didn't uh, make it, you know. He didn't make it. And so I feel like with Joel Embiid, I'm about to read you his numbers, man. Joel Embiid is just having a phenomenal year. He's averaging 33 points, yeah. 10.2 rebounds, 4.2 assists from the field goal, shooting 54%, from three, 33%. And from a 7 1 guy, 7 2, he's shooting 85% from the free throw line. From a guy that's 7 2 at his size, he's shooting 85% from the free throw line for a big man. That's phenomenal. That's great. That's, that's I feel like what he's doing, man, he's my MVP. Above Jokic, Jokic is two, but with how Jokic played the past couple of weeks, he's been injured kind of, and I feel like Embiid has kind of caught him and surpassed him as the MVP this year. And Joel Embiid will have his first Most Valuable Player Award, and well deserved by Joel Embiid. That's definitely true. I think like I think last year he should have wanted he should have wanted to tell you that's the one last year. I feel like Embiid should have won already. I felt like. In twenty in two thousand twenty one, Jokic deserved to win in my opinion. But last year, I, last year his team was a six seed. How can a six seeded team win MVP? Like, come on, man! And like, in my opinion, shouldn't have won last year. But Jordan be the top three seed in the Eastern Conference. And then, in my opinion, um, I think the the top three teams in the NBA are. are all in the East, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with uh, 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 Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly. With Philly, I mean, you can uh, could argue that because you got Phoenix, you got Golden State, but but right now, based on the regular season, the best three teams has been uh, uh, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly. That's in my opinion, based by the record and, and how they look this season. Far as the regular season so far going to the playoffs, mm-hmm. that's just my opinion. I mean, I, I mean, I can't say you're not right. I mean, I can't say you're not wrong because you're definitely right because I agree with you. Those, I think those are the best three teams overall in NBA, and I just feel like whoever come out the East, them three is gonna have to win it. That I said, them three gonna be favored. Like one of those teams come out of the East, they'll be favored, but it's about matchups. Mm-hmm. It is about matchups, man. You know, but. I'm going I'm to add something, man. You know, just going to this playoffs, who do you think is under the most pressure, like, from winning a championship? A, t- a player that has yet to win a championship, who do you think under the most pressure? Or a player, maybe they have won a championship, but they still got to prove more in your opinion. So which player you feel like has the most pressure in, in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference? East. Boston, I go with Boston. I think they need a lot more pressure because you return a lot of players back. And I think after last year, after last year's finals, I feel like they have a lot. It's like they got the spotlight on them right now. So it's just, I think they got the most pressure. And the West right now, I'm going to have to go with. Gosh, that's, gosh. I would say between. I think between the Lakers, the Warriors, and maybe the Suns got the most pressure. But I feel like, I don't know, the West is hard. I, I feel like it's between them three, really. Most pressure? Me personally, I feel like in the West, um, Golden State won last year. I, I don't think they have any pressure on them. Until this point now, now we're just kind of just adding crimp, like, cheer, like adding more whipped cream and cherry. To be honest now, I feel like they've won four championships, played in six championships and won four. Like one last year, Steph Curry got that monkey off his back as far as no finals MVP. I feel like Golden State playing with house money now, like they have really nothing to prove. Now it's just kind of adding more stuff on top of the cake that's already good in my opinion. 
And I feel like with the Lakers, we did win in 2020, but I feel like um, I feel like we do have some pressure. But at the same time, being the Lakers is always pressure. But I feel like the from a player standpoint, Anthony Davis has to prove he can have a great playoff run. Like not in a black like like pre like like post bubble post bubble like mm-hmm. have a great playoff run and prove to prove to the world that he can be the best player on a championship team. But far as team wise, in my opinion, in the West or player wise, I think number one's got to be one Denver and Nikola Jokic because this why because Nikola Jokic he's won two MVPs. And he's in the conversation for a 30 MVP. One, Denver has the best record far as in the West, number one seed, top seed. So they're going to have home court advantage throughout the whole playoffs, far as the Western Conference, Denver. Three, Nikola Jokic has never sent, sent, since the bubble in 2020, they have yet to reach a conference finals. And then, of course, Jamal Murray got hurt for like that one year out for a while. But now you got a full team. Murray's back, got his rhythm. You got Gordon. Gordon. You got Michael Porter Jr. third. Like, man, they got a good supporting cast. They got a great supporting cast. You have the players with you. You got the superstar. They got the side. They got the depth. They got the coach, Mike Malone. I'm long, but, um, but they got the team. They are a team that can win it all from talent perspective. I feel like it's pressure on now because – Jokic, he's been a top five player, top six player in the league for some time now. Now it's time to make a deep playoff run. Now it's time to prove you can make that next step with going to the finals. So in my opinion, Denver has the most pressure. And two, I got to say Phoenix because they, well, not this year. I feel like they got That's a two, two or three-year window. But just with how people want to critique Kevin Durant, in my opinion, KD had nothing to prove. He's KD. Just adding more wood cream material to the top of the cake is already good. That's me. But for all the critics out there that say KD had got cheap championships, I disagree. KD, if he wins a championship, man, that will shut every naysayer mouth. Shut up. Now what you going to say? Now what you going to say? Because in my opinion, he's the second best player and all the NBA is KD, or you can argue between him and Giannis. You can choose, pick what you like. Yes, but when healthy, why the can't see KD, man? Nah. Why the can't see KD? He that dude, man. It's Kevin Durant. I'm KD. You know who I am? I'm Kevin Durant. He that dude. He that guy. He is the money sniper. He is that dude, bro. It's KD. He's the most unstoppable – Unstoppable player offensively by far in the NBA. And in my opinion, in my opinion, he's the greatest get a bucket guy, one on one, give me a bucket guy in all the NBA history. It's Kevin Durant. Better than Jordan. And he, he, he better than my guy Cole. I love Cole. Cole, top three and scoring all time to me. But KD, as far as getting a bucket, like, no shot is bad to him. It's Kevin Durant. It's him. Who else? Scoring is KD. Like, if you put in his hands over his face, he just – it's, it's just an automatic bucket. He had a height advantage on you. So, that's why I was like, KD's the – everybody knows that's a walk-in 30. That's a walk-in 30-point bucket. 12 shots, 10 shots, KD. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he's KD. He's always efficient. He can score. He's the – he's the – He's the KD, he's the easiest superstar to play with in yeah. history. Because no. he's not ball dominant. Don't he don't force shot. He's efficient, not ball dominant. Don't really need the ball a lot to be effective. He's the easiest superstar to play with in history of basketball, is Kevin Durant, by far. I think like compared to like I think after T Mac is KD, like when like it used to I talk back in the day, like we would never see another score like T Mac. Here comes KD. But well, never mind. He's a better scorer than T-Mac. That's what I think. I think it just, like, compared them to, like, there was some cold-blooded scores, but KD just, that height advantage, height advantage, the shoot, the shoot, like, he could be, for real, he could be, like, a 
three-point score if he wants to as well. That's what I think. If he was so all-rounded and everything. I think KD, man, like, I think people got to appreciate his greatness because I'm saying this right now. We are never going to see another Kevin Durant. When I I, I say that, a guy that's seven feet, got a handle, got a J, mid-range, long-range, deep-range, post-up, a post Post mid range, right, left, middle, get to the rim, finish. But he can do it all, bro. He can move like a guard. He's seven feet. Got it. He has all the tools. He got a deep bag. He has the deepest bag. But we boxing offensively, and guy can play defense both sides of the ball. We're not gonna see a guy like him. Of course, mm-hmm. they got this player named Victor Wamenyama, whatever his name is. He gonna be probably a probably a pretty good player. But he ain't gonna be no KD. I don't care yeah. anybody say he ain't gonna be KD. He ain't. He ain't scoring like. He ain't scoring like KD. I'm sorry. He ain't gonna be no KD. I'm sorry. No, he's not. I'll just say this. I never like. I'm no. I'm not surprised yet that KD did not put up like 70 points yet in his career or more. I'm not surprised. I'm like surprised that that hadn't haven't happened yet. The main time I'm surprised that did not happen with like in his career. Like somebody like can you think about like this, this man can really score like 70 or 80 points with ease the way he can score, but you just not you like everybody like I think a lot of people don't know that, but I'm like surprised myself. Like, dang, can he score 70, 70 points or 80 points yet? He can do it. I don't know what he's gonna do. That man can score probably 70 points on 30 shots. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. That's how efficient he is shooting the ball. He's just different, man. But we talked about March Madness. He talked about girls, boys. He talked about basketball from playoff from the start, all this and then the third. Talked about MVP. We talked about the whole nine yards, man. But we we ain't hit everything yet. You know, it's still the NFL, a lot of stuff going on, man. You know, it, it was some news that I seen today with Odell Beckham Jr., the, the Baltimore Ravens did, I guess, offer him a contract. They didn't really say how much and everything. Mm-hmm. Me, personally, I feel like that would be it's a bad worth, fit. It's not, it's not it's probably not going to be a Raven this upcoming year, most likely. But how do you feel about the Odell Beckham sweepstakes, about what team he should go to? Because me, personally, I know what team he should go to to me. To me, it's a no-brainer. And I'm just going to say it right now. If I was Odell Beckham, the team he should go to, if, if I wish I could just send a message to this dude, Odell, just do this. One year, and next year, you will get your bag. Because I'm going to say this example. We seen Juju Smith-Schuster with the TikTok boy. TikTok boy. We seen TikTok boy get a contract three years, 33 mil. Odell, you are better than Juju Smith-Schuster. Let's all agree on that. He's way better than Juju. He is robbing robbing the Patriots. Go to the Chiefs. Play with my homeboy. Play with Travis Kelsey. Play with Craig Jones. Play with some of these guys. Odell, but Cole Harmon just left going to the Jets. Mm -hmm. Juju going to the Patriots. Bro, they just won a championship. They need a receiver, Odell. Of course, they'll draft somebody, but still, he's not going to be the number one. That's Travis Kelsey. Being number two and number three receiver, Pat Mahomes, boy, Odell Beckham will have a year to remember. Mm-hmm. Go to the Chiefs, man. Go to the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, to me, that's a no-brainer. Forget the Jets. Forget all, I mean, the Jets would be good, too, but bump the Jets. Forget all that. Go to the Kansas City Chiefs or or go to the Raiders. You know why I say the Raiders? Because guess what? Number one is definitely Devontae Adams. And you got um, uh, the slot receiver. Oh, I forgot his name. Yeah, you got OBJ, the number three receiver. It's no pressure on you. Of course, you got Jimmy G there. Yes, but still, I feel like that'll be a pretty good fit. But the first pick should be the Chiefs. The Chiefs or Dallas. Dallas could be a good pick, too, with Dallas because you got C.D. Lamb. They got Michael Gallup. You know, 
yeah, that'll be a good fit too. But if I'm OBJ, his first pick should be the Chiefs because you got Pat Mahomes, boy. They need another receiver. Sign a three- or four-year deal, one-year deal. Prove yourself once again, and next year get the big bag, man. Sign a three-year contract like like Juju just did. Juju must TikTok, boy, just sign a three-year contract. TikTok, boy. He robbed the Patriots. man. Go to the Chiefs. It's common sense. Go to the Chiefs, man. And then with the Chiefs, he going to play in big games. And let's be honest here. The Chiefs probably going back to the AFC title game once again. They're there every year. You'll mm-hmm. play in big games, doing the spotlight, being big game, big moments, and got a shot to go back to the Super Bowl. That's a no-brainer, dog. Of course, it's cold weather in KC. Yes, in Missouri, it's cold weather. I, I get it. But OB Dell, it's one year, bro. It's one year. A one year. And then what about, about this? Say if he balls out and they want to sign on Dell to a two or three – through your contract, the Chiefs. Like, re- redeem your career. Go with, play with a great quarterback. Because Cincinnati don't need you. They got three or four, like, they got three great receivers right there already. Don't need you. You got Miami don't need you. You got Tyreek Hill. You got, you got, oh, uh, you got so many players. They don't need you. Like, some of these players don't need you. Don't go to the Giants. You got Daniel Jones. Don't, I mean, of course you got the Jets, Cookie, Aaron Rodgers, but I feel like I wouldn't go there. But you could, uh, I wouldn't go to Buffalo. And you already got um Diggs. Davis. They got, um, the Davis. Other, they got Dave, Gabe Davis. They got like receivers already. So I wouldn't go there. I feel like go to a team that really needs you. The Chiefs would need you. The Chargers don't need you. Man, they got two receivers. Elite receivers already. And so I felt like going go to a team that would need him. Now another team that he may could go to that maybe that may could use him might be the 49ers because you got um they got a tight end. Um Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. Um, but but guess what? They all got receivers. The one team that's the best team in the league needs a receiver. Patrick Mahomes or Odell Beckham, Odell. He will look like Odell with the Giants. I'm telling you. With Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey is always open. With Andy Reid dialing the plays up, Odell, hello, you're always going to be open. Go to the cheese. It's a no-brainer with me. What are you thinking about? Go to the cheese. Play in that cold weather. You play the New York crying out loud. Play in the cold weather once again. Go. Do it. OBJ. Listen to Chris J. Come on. If I was if I was OBJ, I'll have to sit down. If I, if it's if his agent should sit down and talk to him, like, look, you're not worth that much much money. You've been gone for two years. So a lot of people don't don't trust right now. Saying is he the same OBJ that we've seen because he's been hurt. So if I was saying I had to sit down, okay, I can't be no number one receiver. I can't get the money that I want to, but I could be a number two because he played number two a number two role at LA Rams and look what he did. He played great. So if I was, I'll think about some teams like you said, like uh the Raiders, Chiefs, because he will be a number two receiver regardless. 49ers. I mean, you could think about Buffalo if you want to, but they it just depends. The it just depends on the role. I feel like with Buffalo it wouldn't work because D is gonna be complaining about not Mentor's not throwing to him too much because like we already seen D's complain about stuff about not getting passes all that. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a problem between Gabe Davis and Diggs because Diggs love Diggs wants the ball like period. He wants the ball like like I feel like with somebody like Pat Mahomes. And when Andy Reid, of course, Odell Beckham know he ain't Kelsey. Kelsey getting the ball first targets first. Mm-hmm. But going at a really probably the best receiver far as the rocks would be him. Because with how the Chiefs offense is, they'll make you look great, man. Go there mm-hmm. because in so much pressure, Patrick Mahomes make life easier for you. Like he'll have a great year. Like he'll be a great fit because Tyree, like Tyree gone. Tyree left. They didn't drop no beat. Like, 
dude, the Chiefs would be a perfect fit because he'll be in. He, first off, playing up Pat Mahomes, best QB in the league by far, Pat Mahomes, one. Two, you're playing with a guy that's going to make you better and Andy Reid, the coach. Mm-hmm. Three, you're playing with Travis Kelsey. With Travis Kelsey, the attention going to Travis Kelsey. So he's going to have number two with cornerbacks guarding him. So he'll be to have a one-on-one coverage, do what he do, catch the ball, do what he always do, Odell, be Odell. Like, to me, it's a no-brainer. Like, why why this man got the Chiefs on his radar? Like, bruh, swallow your pride. Dion Travis Kelsey, Dion Patrick Mahomes, call this dude a hey, Pat, a hey, trial, bro. Like, I want to be a Chief, man. I want to re- redeem my career and just play. I, I be in big game. I play with you, bro. Like, I want to be a Chief, man. Just please make it happen, man. Call the Andy Reid or talk to my agent making it happen. But I want to be a Chief, man. Just do it, bro. I promise you, if he be a Chief, I promise you, his life will change. Definitely. I, I bet he'll get a bigger bag because, like, for example, how Juju Smith get a three-year, he's not even worth that much money anyway. Juju ain't all that. <laughs> but I just, OBJ got to think about some certain teams that he knows he could be a number two role, that he knows he could fit. And when he played, like, because he had to think about it. Like, if he sits out there, he's like, dang, I can be a number two role. I can do what I did in L.A. I was the number two person, but I was getting a lot of touches, even though the offense ran through Cooper Cup. But he's like, I was getting a lot of touches. I was, I was gonna be, I was gonna have a big bag if I didn't get hurt in the Super Bowl. So I was like, he better look at some certain teams. I mean, if you say, if you like, you say the 49ers, that's more of a diversal team. But we don't know who would be starting quarterback. I mean, starting quarterback, but with um. I feel like it would be Pat, Pat Mahomes or Pat Mahomes or, or maybe Dallas, but I ain't I ain't big on that. Or person. he could go with the Vikings. He'd be that would be good because I think uh uh I think their top receiver will go to the Panthers, I think. Nah, they still got they still um they still got Jay Jets there, but you think about Adam Thielen. Think about it, yeah, Thielen. Thielen going to the Panthers, right? Yeah, he, went the, he went to the Panthers. The Panthers. So like think about it. Bro, go to the Vikings too. Be number two receiver, the pressure, like, bro, all the attention going to be on Jefferson. Mm. Bro, you will have so many catches. Like, you have to be a big unpack. And Kirk Cousins, he ain't no bad quarterback. Kirk Cousins, like, a he a top 15, a top 15 quarterback in the league, I think. <laughs> Kirk 15, Cousins, like. 16, the luck, 16 lucky. 16 lucky. 16 lucky. But, I mean, Kirk better than, I mean, Kirk better than someone put, better than Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I mean, that's true though. Better right. than him. Better than Baker. He in my opinion, you know, I mean, I mean, Kirk is a top 15, top 15 quarterback. 16 lucky. Make it happen, 16 man. Lucky. So. 16 lucky. I'm just keep throwing that. 16 lucky. <laughs> so OBJ, if you watching, man, uh, please go to the Chiefs, man. That's just a no-brainer to me. Take advice from Chris Jordan and Nick Wright. And I ain't the biggest Nick Wright fan, but Listen to Nick Wright too. Go to the Chiefs, man. That just to me was a no-brainer. They need a receiver. Of course, they're gonna draft a receiver still because they draft well the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But he'll be a num- he could be the best receiver on that core. Travis Kelsey the tight end. Kelsey number one always. But Andy Reid and how he dials up plays, he will be effective immediately. Mm-hmm. Immediately. So Hey, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, OBJ comes to his senses, go to the Chiefs next year, get your big bag, play in big games, and do what you got to do, and sign that three-year contract like TikTok boy just did. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because TikTok boy is not that good. And because, bro, Patrick Mahomes made Juju Smith-Schuster look good. Juju was about to be out the league, bro. Let's be honest. He was about to be out the league making TikToks. Who are you out the league at now after this season? He about to be gone. He know that. Bruh, the Chiefs saved his career. Let's be honest. Come on, man. Juju Smith-Schuster, he is not that guy, bro. He is not that guy. He got exposed when AB left. Yes, he got he He's not a number one receiver. And, and I'm saying this right now. Going to the Patriots, he going to be back to the same. Being irrelevant, doing TikToks. He ain't, bro. He ain't, he ain't like that, Juju. 
But hey, man, it was a great show tonight, man. Just talking about sports, man. So many topics. I love talking to you, man. Talking about sports, just being real, always bringing that heat, bringing that energy, man. So definitely, we always bringing heat. We bringing great content and people. We love the sports, and the sports love us back, man. So we always got to bring the heat all the time, every day, nonstop. The grind never stops. My man Ty, he got any closing remark to say? Yeah, I hope everybody have a good week. But this, hey, get excited. Hey, sports is a lot of things going on. Just be happy. March Madness now is over. Now we just, hey, drafts coming up soon. Hey, MLB, MLB, MLB be looking good so far. So, hey, just just keep your eye on things. Draft coming soon. I think that would be the biggest one to draft. Facts, man. Y'all heard my boy Ty. It's your boy Chris J. We love y'all. We out. Be blessed. Have a great week. Follow your goals. Set goals and achieve them. Be blessed. We out. We love y'all. Peace.